Hello and welcome back to the one where I met your mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. Natalie, how are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah? Doing okay, yeah. It's a, kind of a chill Sunday. We haven't recorded in a while, to be honest. Well, we recorded so many. Yeah, we kind of banked them. Yeah, which the listeners, I'm sure, know when they're hearing about us, like, just got vaccinated. Yeah, like, far <laughs> for the first time. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Um, this is not going to age well. It's Eventually, we'll catch up. But we yeah. wanted to... Wanted to, to to record a bunch of them, like, so we knew what we were doing. Yeah. Um, we, we had some plans today, and they fell through, and sometimes it's kind of nice. Nice when plans fall through. Yeah, yeah. It's what the kids call JOMO. Joy of missing out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do the kids call it that? I, I feel like so. I think like if we're calling middle it that, the kids don't call, call it, it <laughs> yeah. JOMO, which that's me, basically. I mean, yeah. I'm You're, a middle-aged aunt. Are you middle-aged? Yes. 40 is middle age when you look at the life expectancy. But it's not what people... When people say middle age, I feel like they're talking about like... Which I feel like is so false because no one lives, lives to, 100. to 100. Yeah. Because, yeah, when people are like... I'm over the hill. Like, this is the hill for me. You're on the downward slope. Yeah. Well, that's the fun it's, part. It's all downhill from here. But that's the fun part. Like, downhill is the fun part. That's true. Like, right? on a ride? Yeah. 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 That's true. Sledding? Yeah. Yeah. Rock climbing? Um... Uh, yeah, but I, I guess I, you always hear of like a dude buys a sports car in his fifties and he's like, "Oh, he's having a midlife crisis," and it's like wishful thinking. Yeah, I should I should have had my midlife crisis three years ago when I turned thirty five. Yeah, have you done anything that's like midlife crisis? Um, I don't think so. I've talked about getting, getting tattoo. tattoos because yeah. I'm thirty eight and I don't have any tattoos. Yeah, um, and everyone I know, has, like, it's to the point where it's like. I'm the weird one for not having tattoos. Like, yeah. everyone I know has tattoos. Yeah. Um, even your mom has a tattoo. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I might I might get a tattoo. My Should dad I... doesn't, actually. Yeah? Yeah. Um, but he's gonna, he wants one. So what should I get as a tattoo? What, something Friends or How I Met Your Mother related? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please no. Please no. I'll get the pineapple okay. from the pineapple incident. Okay. I'll get that tattoo. And then what would my friend's tattoo be? From the first half, because we are, this is, we're halfway through the first season of Friends. Yeah. And more than halfway through the first season of Friends. I think you'd get like a little mug, like a cute little mug. Okay. Okay. Or a a monkey. You hate monkeys. I hate monkeys. Yeah. I really do. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I had some uh, delicious chili for lunch. Oh, yeah. I made some chili for my parents and for David. I didn't eat it because I'm vegetarian. Yeah, but, but you um, made it. Everyone enjoyed it. I couldn't taste it. Normally, that's part of cooking is like I chomp it while I'm making it, but I couldn't even... I tasted it for you. Sample it. Right? I'm glad it worked out. It was good. Yeah. So I'm in a great mood today. Good. Jomo, belly full of chili. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> couldn't... <laughs> I got some firm tattoo plans. It couldn't be going better. Oh, God. So let's jump right in and talk about season one, episode, episode. 12 of both uh, yeah. Friends and How I Met Your Mother. So we're Friends, season one, episode 12, the one with the dozen lasagnas. Uh, so this had a fun... Um, cold open where the the gang is at central perk and they're all 
just reading different things. Like they're just sitting together, but just reading. Yeah. But then one of them like starts humming the Odd Couple theme song, and then they all okay. kind of. I didn't know what that was. But and did I you knew, recognize it? I knew that I should have known da, what it da, was. Da, 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 yeah, like I know that it was very familiar. That why yeah we uh, I love our our our, our podcast's theme song but it, it should just be us humming the <laughs> or, or I guess humming the friends yeah I guess the humming your mother theme song is more humble because it's literally yeah. just yeah it's With already friends, just, we'd have to add some claps we'd have yeah. to. Yeah, which we have in our our wonderful theme music yeah. has, has some cla- some hand claps in it. Um, but yeah, the friends or the "How I Met Your Mother" theme song is already the friends version of the Odd Couple version of its own theme song. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's already yeah, just people right. going pa pa pa. So they do the Odd Couple theme song. I really liked it. And then Ross starts, and this one I had to look up because I didn't recognize it. Oh, Ross it starts was doing Pink Panther. No, he starts doing "I Dream of Jeannie." Apparently. Oh, da, da. See that one, you know. That's this is our different like, yeah, like how we were raised. I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of I Dream of Jeannie. Really? Yeah. But so wait, okay, hold on. Our next podcast is the oh, Odd God. Couple and I Dream of Jeannie. No. <laughs> um, if we can make it through this unscathed, we're done. <laughs> unscathed, still married. Yeah. Um. Okay, so uh, I liked that cold open a lot. Um, even though it was, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say, like, it just occurred to me now, everyone on, like, reading their own things, it's like modern times of everyone on their phones. That's like the equivalent. Yeah, so when old fogies are like, oh, these days everyone's just got their nose buried in their phones, it's like... They're like, sitting around reading the magazines reading anyway. or the papers. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think it's fine. It's nothing new. Yeah. Um, nothing new under the sun. So yeah, I like the cold open, even though I know I feel like a hypocrite because I've complained about the idea of the friend's ironic appreciation of like of old TV entity. yes because that feels very dated yeah. but just something about the execution of just them there was no they're all on board yeah there was no like irony or like oh we're cooler than this thing right it was just like a fun little performance and they're all dorks and everyone else in the in the cafe were like side-eyeing them like, yeah hey, especially like and they all joined in yeah um okay so that's the cold open then we get to the the, the main episode and, and Ross has a bunch of baby books because uh uh, Carol? Carol is his wife? Yeah. And Susan is Jessica Hecht? Yes. Okay, I always get them mixed up. So Carol's uh, going in for like an ultrasound. He's super excited. He's going through the baby books. They're talking about, um, talking about babies. Joey loves babies, which I love that about Joey. <laughs> yeah. That he uh, loves babies, even though Chandler's creeped out by his little baby voice. Yeah. Um, Paolo shows up again. Yeah. I'll say this, I um, did not expect in the one with the blackout when Paulo first showed up that he would still be be around, what, five episodes later? Yeah. Um, Didn't see that coming. Yeah. But um, Paulo's coming because they're going to Rachel's sister's house in the Poconos, which um, I don't know where the Poconos are. I don't either, but I know it's like where rich people go on vacation. Okay. Um, I feel like there's like boats. Is it like, okay. Like a boat town. Like, um, I want to say we get into conversations about, um, like upstate New York a lot for some reason. I'm sure that, yeah, it's probably like, like the finger lakes, finger lakes. So not the Catskills. No, the Catskills is like wilderness mountains. mountains. This, This is 
like New England. This is I like. I could just look this up. Do you want me to? Yeah. See if it's near the finger. It's like a thing that I'll never visit, but I always hear people talk about. Oh, Poconos are mountains. Oh. In northeastern Pennsylvania, part of the Allegheny Plateau. So, uh, yeah, I guess it is kind of like a Catskills, except south of New York. Okay. 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 All the East Coasters are like, why did you waste our time? Glad we cleared that up, yeah. Ross, there are multiple... Storylines, or there, but there's multiple examples of why Ross is just an asshole. Terrible. He just sucks. Yes, yes. He um, seems to very heavily consider calling immigration, yeah. I, calling INS. I guess is what it would and have been at the like time a joke, on like, Paulo. It was yeah. it came as a joke, but then it seemed like he was like, "Oh, I could call immigration." Yeah. So what an asshole. Yeah. Um, and then oh, so so we find out so. Fucking Friends always does this to me with the episode titles. Mm-hmm. That this episode has nothing to do with the dozen lasagnas. It's no. just a runner. Yeah. That that um, Monica. I almost want to say Courtney. <laughs> like she's my friend. <laughs> yeah, Court. Monica hey, Court. made for her aunt Syl. Um, uh, aunt Sylv, actually, she yeah. says. Uh, made a dozen lasagnas and only to then find out they were supposed to be vegetarian yeah. and they're not. So she's got a dozen lasagnas. So she's trying to give them more. She's trying to get rid of it throughout the course of the episode. It also led to, this isn't my funniest moment, but one, maybe my funniest um, uh, Monica moment when she's uh, on the phone with Aunt Sylv. She's like, so what am I supposed to do with these? And then there's a pause and she says, nice talk, Aunt Sylv. You kiss Uncle, you kiss Uncle Freddy with that mouth? Yeah. thought that was cute. Yeah, that was cute. Um, and I like the specificity of Aunt Sylv. It's such a, like a weird yeah. uh, name, but I guess if you had an Aunt Sylvia, yeah. people, maybe people would call her Sylv. Yeah. I don't think I've ever known a Sylvia. Yes, my co-worker, you've met her okay. a few times. I've known a okay. few Sylvias. All right. Well, I stand corrected. Yeah. You have a coworker named Sylvia. I'm sure that we got along famously. You did. Uh, <laughs> um, I can't remember. I've met so many of your coworkers. Yeah. Well. Yeah. She'll be upset that you didn't remember her. When she listens to this. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Sylvia. Hey. Hey, girl. I had a great time hanging out with you, Sylvia. Um, so then Ross uh, brings the lasagna over to Carol um, to because he's going over there to find out how the ultrasound went. Again, he's an asshole because Carol's like Susan's vegetarian. Is there meat in that? And he's like, I'm pretty sure there's not. He knows for a yeah. fact there's meat in it. That's the whole reason he he's has. So slimy. He sucks. He's always like he's an asshole. Yeah. Um. And then so the 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 sort of uh, the upshot of that scene is that he doesn't want to know the baby's sex. Yes. So um, they know the sex. Everyone. Everyone knows the sex later in yeah. the episode, but yeah, he doesn't want to know. Yeah, there's a um, yeah, there's a a joke in there I didn't like about um, that. It felt like a lesbian joke that they're like they have a he sees a picture of them with who he thinks is Huey Lewis, and it turns out to be their their friend, friend Tanya, Tanya <laughs> and it just seems like. Oh, that woman looks like a man. It feels like it's a coded totally. lesbian joke, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so again, just Ross sucks. He just sucks yeah. so hard. Yep. Um, although I did laugh when he like when he went to say goodbye. He like gave Carol a kiss on the cheek, then kissed her belly, and then gave Susan like a punch on the yeah, arm. Yeah, like gay fella. <laughs> yeah, I liked I liked that. Um, 
the other there's a very minor other storyline in this episode that i liked about where um uh chandler and joey are are buying a new table together Mm -hmm. now you okay this is getting into like i I, i've talked about like the the whole premise of the show is that i relate more to how i met your mother than friends but being a younger person having roommates and living in the city like this is an actual like it's like the apart the apartment needs a new thing right do you go buy it together, together? like it, you've had roommates have you had this this type of situation well my roommate situation a lot of it was in san francisco and we would just pick up shit that we saw on the side of the road <laughs> um you someone would see something and then we would bring it home um or we would go to like a thrift store or it was usually like a collaborative effort i'm pretty sure maybe not all the roommates like for example like maybe two or three of us would be out shopping because we're also really good friends and then we would like tell sean we have something new (laughs) shout out to sean if you're listening i am realizing i had um well my the guy I co-host my other podcast with Tyler, he and I lived together in two different apartments. In the second apartment, we had a third roommate named Cole. And I'm realizing that, like, other than their bedroom, because they shared a bedroom and I had my own bedroom, other than, like, their bedroom and, like, our little computer desk, that I think was Cole's, all of the furniture in our apartment was stuff that I brought, and it was mm. all stuff that either my parents or my aunts and uncles were getting rid of. Mm. So I had like yeah, secondhand. Yeah, I had like a family uh, fold out like love seat that came from my aunt. I had my the the dining room table that I grew up like eating breakfast at was at that apartment. Oh, that's kind of cute. Um, I got a another couch from my friend Julie when she was moving out. Uh, yeah, it seems I was the one in charge of, or it just fell to me to be the one to like gather furniture from, yeah, from places. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, I feel like now we're much more particular about the furniture we bring in. Yeah, I remember maybe like I wouldn't buy anything without, you know, we would do it together. Obviously, we're yeah. I mean, the, I, the this isn't me being like. Matter from Mars, I wonder if he's just, but like most of our decor comes from you, but I like it and I right. signed off on all of it. Right. Um, with the one exception being that you, if it were up to you, there would be no Blu ray or, or DVD shelves here. Yeah. Yeah. You don't or like CDs. There's the CDs are so tucked away in the office that they look, they're fine. It's a nice one. Um, and then that one time you bought a giant TV and I cried because it didn't fit. <laughs> And then, but then we just got a new TV stand and it looks but, fucking great. Right. Yeah. But I cried about it. <laughs> you did get a little emotional about how the new TV didn't fit was, into yeah, the, onto the wall. Uh, into not the my scheme. best day. Um, but I remember that, that, that apartment that I mentioned, I lived in with Tyler and Cole. I don't know if you have this because you've always had good taste, I think. Mm. Okay, maybe not. But when I think about, think back to that apartment I lived in in Chicago in my, in my 20s and I realized like, Oh wow, that was a very cool apartment. We did not like honor it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we were not using the rooms properly yeah. or the space properly at yeah, all. That's like so in, frustrating. Like knowing what I know now about home decor, like yeah. I could have made that place look so great. Yeah, it was well, such a know. cool apartment. 
and I, I fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, that, that's a, uh, I, I liked the idea that Ross and not Ross Chandler and Joey had to buy uh, furniture, um, together. Um, so like I said, Ross doesn't want to know. Oh yeah. So we cut to, uh, Phoebe who's working as a masseuse. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. She's a massage therapist, massage therapist. And Paolo comes in and, um, we don't see it happen at first. We see him like get naked, and then later we find out she, that in he telling the like story, groped her and yeah. then exposed himself to her. Is that yeah. uh, the implication? Yep. Um, um, and so uh, during the scene uh, where Phoebe is telling them all that, mm-hmm. there's another. I should have put this in, actually in the running jokes and motifs, but Rachel again being bad at her job because everyone's sitting around and she's like, "What are you guys talking about?" And another table is like, uh, "Can we, we get, get some cappuccino?" Yeah. And Rachel just looks, she's like, "Oh, oh that's me." That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, so finally, so Phoebe tells the other friends or whatever they tell her to that. To, um, you have to tell Rachel. Which I think they're right. I hate that it's, like, Ross maneuvering. Like, yes, ooh, it's you have not, to tell, like... It's not him being a good friend. It's yeah. him, like, how will this benefit me? Because I want Rachel, and I'm a predator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, so, but, what, you know, his motivation is in, in the right place, but he's right, right? Like, Phoebe has to say something. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And what I loved... I give, we talk so much about this show being regressive or whatever, but I loved to the point that like made you cry. Almost made me cry. Like seeing that Phoebe comes to Rachel and Rachel immediately believes her. There's no doubt. There's no resistance. And then they have this like dueling, like I'm sorry to one another. Like, I'm sorry that I had to tell you this. I'm sorry that I brought Paula into this. Like it was such a sweet, like female friendship scene. Absolutely. I'm getting teary just thinking about it, but the way that Phoebe presented it to Rachel, knowing that this is going to be very, very painful. So she says like, I need you to know three things about me. One is that my friends mean everything to me. Two is that I never lie. And three is that I make the best oatmeal raisin cookies. <laughs> yeah. So already, like, this is, okay, you're making a very strong case. Like, <laughs> yeah. And Rachel, to her credit, like, takes it in and believes her. So when Especially since she eats oatmeal cookies and they're amazing. Yeah, she starts with the cookies and then Phoebe even, like, has... She's thought of everything because she even has like a canister of milk too. Like she's thought it out. She baked cookies. Like she didn't need to do that. She's victimized by this monster, you know, like she doesn't, she's not obligated to do all this. And that's just what a gem Phoebe is. Yeah. And yes, to Rachel's credit, she believes her immediately. Um, because you know, Phoebe makes such a good case. Like there's no reason why we wouldn't believe Phoebe. She's been, a, a great friend, a yeah. great human being through and through. And I like the acknowledgement that she and Rachel haven't known each other that long. Cause we have to remember like right. Rachel knows Monica and Ross from right. childhood, right. but the other friends are like, she's still like the new one of the group. Right. Right. But yeah, it was very sweet. It was my favorite scene of, um, of the episode. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree. Um, and then I love that it cuts to the, it goes like essentially to commercial. I mean, we're watching it on HBO max. Not, right. this is not an ad for HBO max. It's just how we're watching it, yeah. which we got, um, we should address because we got a, um, a comment or an email or a tweet, which by the way, please, uh, give us feedback and, uh, we'll tell you how at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, 
about the versions that we're watching. Right. Because I guess there are, essentially there are three versions of a lot of Friends episodes. There's the broadcast version that initially aired when the show initially aired. Right. There's the syndication version, which is a little shorter because um, in syndication they're like they have to cut more room for commercials I guess yeah and then the DVDs had I guess especially as the series goes on had like the producers cuts that tend to oh, be okay. like longer than the initial so the ones on HBO Max are the broadcast version they're the ones that actually aired okay and so I, I guess my understanding from what I've gathered researching about this is there's two sort of camps among friends fans as to which ones are the real versions mm, is okay. the real one the one that aired the broadcast which is what i tend to tend to think yeah of. it's a tv show after all like yeah. this is yeah this is it's not it, a movie like it's this not a movie like it's not a stuff. series in the way that you know this is a sitcom you know yeah. i feel like we're watching it in its truest form yeah yeah but there are some people who feel like the producer's cuts are like sure closer yeah. to the producers and if, if people are watching along uh, first thank you and like if you're watching on dvd you know that's that's fine too if you don't have hbo max yeah but you might you might be getting an extra scene or two there might be something that we're missing yeah but yeah uh anyway i didn't realize that so thank you to the the listener who pointed that out um so anyway we come back from a commercial break essentially an act let's say act break yeah. we'll talk like we know about tv okay right yeah we come back from an act break yeah and we get I love this because I feel like I tend to feel like when watching TV shows, especially like sitcoms, they shoot the establishing shot of whatever the outside of the building is supposed to be like mm-hmm. once and they use it for the entire series. Yes. But here we had like the establishing shot, but then we see Paolo's clothes coming out. Of the yeah. Like they yeah. shot a new establishing shot for this, this act, which I, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Rachel and Paolo are on the balcony, um, like fighting and they, they're just watching it from inside. We don't know what they're saying necessarily. Yeah. But they're gesticulating wildly. Yes. Um, and I thought it was funny when Paolo, um, you know, says bite everyone in the apartment and Monica gives him a lasagna because she's trying to get rid of all well, these lasagna. Yeah, you had like three goodbyes because he's like, I must say goodbye. And Phoebe's like, bye. okay, bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Monica gives him lasagna, which she's also giving away her, like, pans. She, and she could freeze them, you know? Like, yeah. she can give a few to Joey and Chandler. She can give a you know, one to Ross. Like, I don't know why they're giving them to people they don't like. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but then Ross gets the big moment of like slamming yeah. the door in his face, which I feel like would be a bigger moment if it had come from Phoebe. But with Ross, we know that this isn't about him, like standing up for his friend. Right. It's about this, like you said, this creepy, like predatory, like yeah. she's mine type of yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Um, I had more to say about that. Also, I don't like, we talked about earlier the friends giving Phoebe good advice, whether it came from the right place or not. I feel like the advice that Joey and Chandler, why can I never get their names right? I, I, like the advice that Joey and Chandler give Ross, which is like, you have to swoop in. You have to yeah. be there. Like, yeah, be the first man that she sees. I feel like not only is it creepy, that's also just like, I feel like it's just bad advice. Like, isn't that... That's the last thing you want to see. That's the last thing she wants. And even, yeah, even Rachel said, like, I'm over dudes right now. Like, when you break up with, well, I mean, some people, you know, like, rebound 
you know, person right away. But I think for the most part, it's like it's not going to be the kind of relationship that Ross wants right now with Rachel. Like he's going about it the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, careful. Oh, is that, is that OK? Uh, yeah, just the uh, uh, so on. peek behind the scenes here, behind the curtain. Natalie just moved the soundboard and the um, the plug in the back of that is a little. Oh. Okay, loose and I'm pretty sure we never talked about we recorded an episode that was supposed to be like previous to episode one we recorded an episode that was like about the friends reunion which I didn't watch and you did yeah and we weren't able to use it because the sound wasn't good yeah and I'm pretty sure that's what happened is we did a sound test I and everything sound okay Uh-oh. I don't know if you knocked it but or the, what, the cat or the dog or something because that stupid plug is so fickle I'm pretty sure that that thing came that was a good that's episode why, too that's a but the audio is yeah is it's too bad it's terrible all right um so yeah, are we on to funniest? Funniest moments, and I'll I'll go first. As okay. You you go first. Um, um, when we do, I mean your mother. I'll go first here. Um, and I have two, and I don't know how to pick between. I'm going to do one, and my other one isn't yours. I have a few. Okay, yeah. uh, we'll go back and forth. Okay, okay then um, I love. Uh, when they're table shopping, yeah. and and Joey <laughs> points at. How about that one? Yeah. And Chandler's like, we can't have that. That's patio furniture. <laughs> and Joey says, like, people are going to come inside and think, uh-oh, I'm outside again? Yeah. That was a funny That joke. was one of mine. Okay. Um, What's another one? Also, along with the the table storyline, I liked the, like, visual gag of them before they had the table. They were knee-to-knee, like, sitting in chairs, like, <laughs> eating. The, the lasagna, like... Between uh, their knees. Yeah, yeah eating. So they knees. made, like, their own little makeshift table with their legs, <laughs> sharing lasagna. I thought it was really like kind of cute and intimate yeah um another from the shopping for the table scene um they were they were discussing like chandler's ex-roommate named kip which kip. i think is a funny name yeah. in and of itself um chandler recommended like a a weird um chair that was oh, or a table that would had like upholster like birds upholstered on it yeah and he said Kip would have liked the birds. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was I like was that funny. all our favorites are about the table. Well, no. Because, so, well, can I say one of my other ones? Yeah. Which is the actual visual gag of the table breaking is hilarious because it's, yes. just, it's just a dining room table, like a little like four-person like mini dining room table. They come home and one of them just tosses their keys on the table and <laughs> the leg breaks and the entire thing falls yeah. over. That was a good gag. Um my my other honorable mention funniest moment was also my favorite moment about the oatmeal cookies and Phoebe's um, explanation. So she was talking about her oatmeal cookies being the best. And she said, um, Rachel's like, these really are great cookies. Um, like, how have I never had them before? And Phoebe said, I don't make them a lot because I don't think it's fair for the other cookies, <laughs> which is cute. And very Phoebe. I like, I like when the show doesn't just have funny jokes it like gives the funny jokes to the right character yes. in the character's voice that's yes. a very phoebe joke i yes. love that all right um this was not a great fashion episode i didn't feel like i didn't have a lot of contenders personally but then um chandler swoops in at the end wearing a ridiculous shirt hmm. it's a blue plaid shirt except for the placket like the middle section where the buttons are is like brown it's a button-up blue plaid shirt that's but except yeah. there's a brown stripe on either side of like uh, uh, that's right down the middle where the buttons are. 
um, I kind of hated it, but it was very memorable. Uh, And it was tucked into a light blue jean pant with a braided belt. So very 90s. Yeah, he was giving me like swingers vibes in the first few scenes. Okay. He kind of like bowling shirt. I don't know what what it's called, but like a different color of the buttons and then the side panels are a different. It's very like swingers. And then it was like belted in a way that was. Yeah. 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 I guess on swingers, it's they tend to do a non tuck type of thing in in, in that movie. But here they were tucked. Yeah, he was tucked. But yeah, um, uh, that braided belt, I definitely at this these this time of my life, the time mm-hmm. that this episode would have been airing, when I was like in middle school, definitely I was a braided belt guy. Huh? Definitely did you ever do the belt. shoelace belt? Uh, I did a no, shoelace belt. No, I did um, in high school when I um, was like punk. My friend Armin made for me for like a birthday present a belt essentially out of just a link of chain, and then like yeah. had he had like soldered. Or like I don't know how you do like cut a link yeah. so it had a clasp so I could like clasp oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a birthday present, so I would wear a length of chain as a belt uh, a lot in my, never, my junior year of high school. I never had the seat belt belt, okay. But it was a, that was like very hot topic, you know. Um, I wrote down monochromatic Monica <laughs> because Monica was <laughs> rocking the monochrome. Like she had, uh, when she was cooking the lasagnas, she, it was like all brown, everything mm-hmm. like a, like a vest, a jacket and pants. They were the same brown. Um, and then Carol was in full crushed velvet, which I really liked. <laughs> they were, she had okay, like yeah, purple velvet pants and a purple velvet shirt, different colors. So I really like that look. And it seems like a believable maternity wear, right? Yeah, it yeah, yeah. very comfy. Very, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a lot more um, pops of crushed velvet in other outfits, <laughs> which I liked. Um, running jokes and, and motifs, I'll point out, or I'll ask you, because I feel like that foosball table is going to be a, a, a mainstay. That'll be around, yeah. The foosball table is going to be. So this is... This is the introduction to the foosball table. We, yeah, we never, in the recap, I never, like, resolved the table storyline, which is that they buy a foosball table and instead then, of a yeah. dining room table. And Joey's like, well, we'll, we'll eat at the sink. Yeah. Um, uh, and then... Um, There'll be a lot more interesting um, furniture choices. Okay. For Joey and Chandler. Okay, so this is really the beginning of a trend This here. is the beginning of a trend, okay. yeah. Um, I also liked, again, this feels like... Um, a recurring thing for this character, but I love that Monica's great at foosball and not just great, but very competitive very about competitive. it. Very competitive. Yes, yeah. I wrote that down as, you know, kind of a um, a motif for like a running theme. But yeah, Monica's very type A yeah. and it would make sense that she's like up until 2.30 in the morning <laughs> kicking everyone's ass at foosball. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, for, I guess, running jokes, um, well, I guess this is not a joke, but Russ being an asshole, we already discussed. Yeah, it's running jokes slash motifs. Motifs, yeah. yeah. He's never been more of an asshole. Um, Phoebe is a gem of a friend and an mm. angel sent from heaven. Yeah. And um, 
Oh, I did want to say props to the prop department. That lasagna looked so good. <laughs> did it? Did it not? Okay. When they were eating, I'm like, someone made those. Well, I, I oh. guess it could be frozen. But I actually, I'm surprised that I just questioned that because I actually had a note here that I didn't talk about, which is this episode made me hungry for, for lasagna. lasagna and cookies. What are you, Garfield? But no, and like I wanted their particular meal. Yeah. And I also like, do you think when Rachel comes back in from the balcony and the first thing she wants is another oatmeal cookie, do you think Monica's like, oh, what, I guess what about my lasagna yeah. what yeah. My, is chopped liver? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bet Monica makes good chopped liver too. Probably, yes. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Should we move on? We should, yes. To season one, episode 12 of How I Met Your Mother, The Wedding. Yes. Yes, we should. So in this episode, we start out with... Uh, Ted kind of ruminating about a wedding invitation and kind of like the dilemma of um, a plus one or not plus one. Like if you're single, how do you anticipate yourself in three months from now? Or, you know, are you going to have a date? Do you scramble to find a date? Are you just going to concede and, and be single? So he makes the decision at the time to ask Robin and he decides that he has feelings for her. They're resurfacing feelings for Robin. Um, sends in the wedding invitation back. Um, so, yeah, the friends are very... Wait, I want to ask, have you ever marked that you were bringing a plus one when you didn't have a date to a wedding? Uh, yes. And it was always like, well, I'll bring my friend Lauren or like it was never, it, it didn't have to be a date. Yeah. I've often brought friends okay. as my date. Okay. Can a guy do that? Uh, could, could a guy bring another guy? I guess you can bring why, a girl as a friend. Why could you not? Like, why do you, I mean, why? Would it be weird? I guess from, I'm trying to remember, Claudia, was she the, the bride? Yeah, Claudia and Stuart. Yeah. If... If Ted showed up, like, marked plus one and then showed up with, like, Carl the bartender, would she be like, why am I buying Carl the bartender <laughs> dinner? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think you, you like, you have enough respect for your wedding guests to bring someone or not. Right. Um, so, yeah, this is, like, a fancy black tie wedding. Um, and I guess everyone's going as well um so yeah he he asked robin who just broke up with darren the rich guy is that his name derek derek yeah. so derek just broke up with her so she's really excited she's like "Ooh, black tie i need a dress so she's really excited to go and get a dress in a few days um she's flattered that he wants to bring her um let's see what else happens um uh lily and marshall are kind of thinking about their own wedding and they have a lot of disagreements about the type of wedding they want so Lily wants like a wedding 
in in nature in the woods. (laughs) And Marshall wants a more uh, traditional, like a banquet style wedding. Yeah, Um, I would definitely rather go to Marshall's wedding. We've been to fun like forest weddings. I mean, we've been to outdoor weddings, but that's not the same as like in the woods. (laughs) Maybe I'm just picturing something different than yeah, because. F and B's wedding was in the woods, but it was at a uh, um, a venue in, yeah. that was in the woods. Yeah, I think they just want a different style. Okay. So okay. I'm not being fair to Lily by picturing she literally wants to get married like in an open in the woods. Yeah, like on that episode of Portlandia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and this brought back a lot of like our um, wedding planning memories and thinking about I mean we didn't have like assigned seating or a super super strict guest list it was pared down but the the fact that we had some friends who like RSVP'd and didn't show up or RSVP'd for a plus one and they didn't show up it was kind of like damn like I could have had someone else that could have been there that would have really liked to be there we Um, also had without naming names someone who RSVP'd for one and decided to like Bring two take turns, <laughs> yeah. Like, but to, were, to this person's yeah. credit, they didn't try to get two meals. Right. It was just like post meal at the reception. They like right. took turns being at the wedding. Right. Which was like fine. Like it was fi- fine. But uh, like, we were told by the venue like you can't have any more and than this. not only the number, but like we were told there was supposed to be someone at the elevator because we got married on a rooftop. And we were told there was supposed to be someone at the elevator, like. Monitor. Checking names. Yeah. So, yeah. like, we told our friends, like... We need hey, everyone's very name. Very strict. We yeah. need everyone's name. And apparently that wasn't true. Yeah. Which, again, I don't care. It was a super fun wedding, but it yeah. was just uh, uh, weird to be, I don't know, yeah. lied to. With this wedding, you know that there are, like, seat arrangements and, you know, um, name cards, everything. It was very formal. It ended up costing $400,000, which is, I mean... It, it is. It sounds insane, but people do spend that much on weddings. Even though really? the scenes at the wedding, they looked like so, like there's a VFW hall or something. Yeah, 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 it was real bad. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that's the the limitations of the 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 soundstage or or, or whatever. Yeah. Like uh, someone pointed out to me on like um, on the Crown, which is like the Crown is one of the most expensive TV shows ever made but they still don't show royal weddings. They show, like, the rehearsal or whatever. Like, right. you, we've never actually seen a wedding on the crown because even at, like, $2 million an episode, they couldn't recreate they couldn't. an actual royal wedding. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so in this episode, let's see. Um, so it turns out that um, Ted runs into Claudia, the bride, um, just on the street, and he, and he was saying, like, oh, yeah, like, me and... Um, my date were were really excited and she's like uh you don't have a date you didn't check plus one you don't have a date and he's like oh but i already invited robin and she's like sorry you can't do it and then he's upset robin's super excited he can't he doesn't want to break it to her um robin found a dress which we'll talk about that later (laughs) (laughs) robin found a dress she found some shoes she's super excited so he doesn't he doesn't want to tell her. So he goes around her and talks to Stuart, the groom, and Stuart's like, sure, yeah, no problem. So this leads to like a huge fight between Claudia and Stuart who end up like breaking up because of this um, 
plus one debacle. An amazing scene too. The entire we see the entire fight, but with fast forward. Yeah, to, that was to a fun. Like, uh, uh, yeah, like fast forward to <laughs> you never taking me. And I'm yeah. Like and don't let me get don't get me started on your mother. <laughs> yeah. And I love. Did you notice the entire time there is fast like fast forward to the fight? Stewart is holding a remote control. Oh, that's very funny. Almost like he's the one fast forwarding. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Um, that's very funny. Um, but yeah, so then the gang kind of like conspires to get them back together. Um, yeah, except Marshall ends up trying to talk Stewart out of it. Yeah, his and argument. That's what ends up working. Yeah, his argument is like, don't marry her. If she was the right one, it's easy and you would know. Yeah, which I don't think is, um, like, I, I, I'm not a, uh, I don't buy into the idea of, like, that there's the one. Like, I think that's kind of, like, weird, like, storybook thinking. Yeah. But the fact that Marshall Wait, does. what? <laughs> the fact that Marshall does think that way, I think, shines some more light on he and Ted's friendship because mm. we think of Ted as being like the hopeless romantic. Yeah. Marshall's just as much of a hopeless romantic. He just happens to have found, found. someone very early. And I w- like that probably is more of a weight on Ted than we've realized. Well, like yeah, Marshall's he, just like me and he found his yeah. other half or whatever. Right. And you see, um, there's more than like, there's been scenes before where Ted is like looking at Marshall and Lily's relationship in like a, in the, he's like idolizing this, like this is what mm-hmm. he wants. So he's even, even at the wedding, he's like watching them dance. He's like, it's so easy for them. Like, that's, that's what I want. This yeah. is the kind of relationship that I want. Um, and so far, the show has mostly supported that, that the idea that they're like this, this little disagreement about wedding stuff was not a big deal. Like from the show's point of view at this point, Ted is right to idealize, 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 marginalize, marginalize, like the perfect relationship. Right. I don't want to get any spoilers, but that, you know, sure. complications will happen. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because it's a Good. smart show. Good. Um, so yeah, in the in, during this argument, Claudia wants to like get wasted at McLaren's, and in swoops um, sexual predator Barney. He's basically yeah. a date rapist. We, you can yeah, trying to like ply her with two drinks at a time. Yeah, yeah. cranberry vodkas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's like getting her wasted. He thinks she's a ten. You know, he yeah. he's again objectifying women, rating them. He's he, I've never I it made me like very uncomfortable watching yeah. him. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, except that you you know it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, I know it's not going to happen, but like this is played for laughs, and it just makes me uncomfortable yeah, because it, it happens and it's gross. Um, my question about here is this is like why does it take Lily so long to get to McLaren's don't we aren't we to believe that McLaren's is like right downstairs essentially if not the first floor of their building on their block right how is she able to go through six vodka cranberries (laughs) before which also he um that joke about like oh you remember what I drink and he's like they all drink vodka cranberries is kind of a ripoff of a joke from the last days of disco where right. a character gets Chloe Savini's drink right. And then she realizes, Oh, it's just because all women my age drink, not vodka cranberry, but actually your drink. 
vodka tonic, soda. vodka soda. Yeah, vodka soda. Tonic. Vodka. I get I get them mixed up. But yeah, vodka soda is the drink that Chloe Savini drinks in the last days of disco that the guy accurately predicts. And the Here's only reason the I remember it is because you drink vodka soda. Vodka soda with extra lime. It's like it doesn't have sugar in it, so it's not going to give you a massive headache. You can drink a few and be okay and feel relatively. I, you don't have to defend yourself. And the club soda is like water, so it's. You don't have to defend yourself. I'm saying you and Chloe Savini's character in the last days of disco have the same drink. You're telling me I'm basic and I agree with you. No, I'm just kidding. You're talking to the guy with a fridge full of Coors Banquet. So if you were were gonna play who's the more basic I think think also like the joke about like vodka cranberry is like cranberry is good for like UTIs. So like if you're young and single and drinking a lot, you're also like sleeping around, like you're more right. prone to UTI. So I think that's kind of like that's the, the joke, joke. Right. is like put a little cranberry in there. Like it kind of serves dual purposes. Yeah. yeah. Gets you drunk, cleans up your UTI. Yeah. Which uh, reminds me of a scene in The Departed where Leonardo DiCaprio's character who is sober orders a cranberry juice at a bar and gets sort of made fun of for drinking a, a girl's drink, I guess. Right. I mean, it's good for everyone. Cranberry juice is delicious. Yeah, but it is very, very sugary if you're drinking it in a cocktail. Anyway, we're off that topic. So, yes, Claudia and Stuart get back together. They agree to let Ted bring a date. Um, So Ted goes and picks up Robin. He's wowed by her dress. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. More on that later. More on that later. She ends up getting a call from the the station that she works for, and they ask her last minute to anchor the news for the night. So it's like a huge opportunity, and she feels bad, but Ted is like, go do it. And she looks at yeah. Ted with like admiration, like, thank you, I really wanted to go to this. But, like, I mean, good points for Ted for saying, like, go. Yeah. Like, you need to do this thing. Um, yeah, like, I mean, we're not into the comparisons and stuff but if we're comparing Ted to Ross as the like tools, yeah, Ted is still a better guy than Ross. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not by a whole lot, not, but still yeah. a better guy not than huge. Ross. Yeah. Um, so, okay. They're at the wedding. It's a tacky ass banquet hall. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look, Ted's- not everyone can have, the glam hip art deco rooftop downtown wedding that you and I had. It was the gorgeous. Best yeah. wedding anyone's ever been to. Yeah. 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 It was both fun and beautiful. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, let's see. Lily and Marshall are dancing and Ted and Barney or yeah. Yeah. Ted and Barney are just kind of watching them. Um, Barney is being disgusting. It's as per usual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at the very last scene, Ted like makes eyes at a woman. He has eye contact with another wedding guest. More on that later. More on that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you yeah. have any other thoughts you wanted to Because I have a couple of things um, I noticed. Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, I like that Barney gets manicures. Oh, I, yes. I have gone through periods of getting manicures, but I always ruin it because I am a compulsive nail biter and I like yeah. I feel like okay if I spend $25 it worked that'll for a while. keep me from biting my nails yeah. but then I start to get to a point where it works it keeps me from biting my nails but then I'm like 
Um, I, can't, I don't have time to like make an appointment again and my nails start to get too long because it's like, well, I don't want to do it myself if I'm going to have it done professionally. So it ended up being, I, I tried, tried, tried to go through a period of getting manicures and it didn't work out for And me. you had like a fun Beverly Hills nail salon that they gave you champagne? On Friday, I found out because I was going after work um, like on, on Fridays or I was going after work in Beverly Hills where I work um, when I'm not working from home, which I have been since March 2020. Um, and I found out that on because I would I would go in and they'd offer me like can I get you a a, a water or a, or a juice or whatever and then on Fridays it was like would you like some wine or champagne and I was like oh I'm only coming on Fridays now <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see I liked um, Ted's sort of fantasy sequence of how the wedding would go with him and Robin dancing was in widescreen. Hmm. Um, I was ho- I was like more hopeful for that scene I was like expecting. I don't know, something a little more interesting. And it more was, of a fantasy sequence? Yeah. 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 Like they're going to do a dance like Romy and Michelle. Yeah. I yeah. wanted like some fun dance or like confetti. Right. I was thinking yeah. overboard. <laughs> yeah. The confetti. In her fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I wanted more. Um, I like that. Let's see. I like that Marshall thinks squirrels get married. <laughs> yeah. That was, can we go into funniest? Uh, in a little bit. Okay. I have more. Did you okay? So in that same scene where Marshall thinks that squirrels get married, on he's at the the desk behind the couch. On the desk in front of him is a book called The Wines of America. Do you think that's a book they, that Marshall and Lily bought during their For brief the foray and scene. trying to be like? Yes. Or do you think that's Ted's book because he actually is those boring people? No, I think you're right. I think props to the props department again for like this is something that they would have purchased when they tried to impress their fancy couples with wine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want that book. It looked like a big thick tome about the wines of America. Well, we have a lot of wine books that we've never cracked. I've read, you've read, um, almost all of, uh, wine Wine for for dummies. dummies? I didn't get like, it gets, that's a big book. Well, yeah, that's why I say almost, I've read almost cause well, the book you bought me is the Wine for Dummies all in one. So it's actually five different wine books in one. Whoa. So when it gets like drills down into like Italian and French varietals, I didn't, I skimmed that stuff, but okay. like all the basic stuff I read. Um, Listeners, we're wine people. Yeah, we have Wine for Dummies, which is the <laughs> the, the hallmark of real wine people is the Wine for Dummies book. Um, I had one more thing I was going to say. Oh yeah, so the I had, to, I had to look it up. The song that plays at the end, starting with... Ted at Robin's apartment. She gets the yeah. news that she has to go to into work, and then continuing through the final wedding scene. Um, Death that, cab. Uh, no. Oh. No. Um, that is a song called "Laundry Shop." Why did you think it was Death Cab? It's Death Cab for Cutie. What's the name of the song? Um, Soul Meets Body. Okay, hold on. I'm looking this up. Okay, Death Cab for Cutie, Soul Meets Body. Can we play it? Lyrics. It go, um, uh, softly soaring through my atmosphere. So maybe it, did it, did it, did it segue into a second song then? Because a the song that's playing when Ted is at... Robin's apartment. Okay, and it, continues it starts with something, the, but it ends with okay. Death Cab. For okay, Judy. well, okay. I didn't know, notice the transition to Death Cab because the song that's playing 
is called Laundry Shop, and it's by the band Fuck. <laughs> Which is about a dimension. Very funny. <laughs> um, I didn't know that song, but I know. I didn't know it either. I had to look it up. Okay. And I was like, oh, this band's called Fuck. <laughs> I don't think I knew. I knew, like, I know Fucked Up. Right. I remember Fuck Buttons. I don't remember if I knew that there was a band just called Fuck and yeah. that they made, like, Twinkly Indie Pop. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird... Yeah. <laughs> what a weird type of music for, for them to make. Uh, all right, so, yeah, why don't we get into Funniest Moments? Okay, yeah, we already talked about the um, the argument of, like, fun versus lame weddings between Lily and Marshall. Uh-huh. And uh, Lily is trying to describe how the woods can be like a fun place to get married like the squirrels yeah. <laughs> getting married and wait who says squirrels don't get married Lily uh, uh, Marshall says you want us to get married in the woods like a couple of squirrels and Lily says squirrels, squirrels don't, don't get, get married. married and Marshall says how could you, you possibly <laughs> know that how could you possibly know that um, yeah that was my funniest line and I I botched it <laughs> Um, my funniest, this was not a super funny episode of How I Met Your Mother, I have to say. This yeah. was more of a, um, and I feel like Friends, I know from like watching TV in like the 90s and early 2000s that Friends will get to a point of being like having the maudlin romantic soap right. opera type episode. That's kind of what this was. This there weren't was, a ton yeah. of jokes. Yeah. But it I was did very like, like wistful. Yeah. I did like when Barney says, that bringing a date to a wedding is like bringing a deer carcass on a hunting trip. And Ted says, deer carcass, that's the metaphor you're going to go with. And Barney goes, Ted, it's a simile. <laughs> I like that joke. Right. <laughs> Cause it's a, you know, language joke. Right. Right. Linguistic joke. I like that stuff. Uh, how about making it fashion? Um, I'm in your mother, but make it fashion. Okay. So Marshall love his orange wool sweater. Okay. I think he's worn it before. Okay. And I kind of like that they repeat outfits cause it seems like more authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I feel like Ted was wearing like a corduroy sport coat in one scene, before. but I'm pretty sure we've seen yeah. before. In fact, I might've called it out yeah. in one of these segments. So before. I've seen this, um, this wool sweater that Marshall has worn in the past. I love it. Um, I did not like the quote unquote wow dress. Yeah, neither did I. It's not a cute dress. Yeah. And it's like an annoying red color. Like for a wedding, I mean, it's like candy apple red, which I feel like is not really a good color. Yeah. At any point. Yeah. For any occasion. Like yeah. it's just not like I, a red dress is, can be nice, but it's just like the, the pigment was bad. Yeah. And the fitting was weird. Fitting was weird. It had a weird, like, fabric color-wise, like, a bisecting of her breast that was, like, like on the, on the breast yeah. part. Yeah, and was, then like, there was kind of, like, a flapper-type no, yeah. fringe. Like, it was, not, it was not a cute one. Do you um, think in 2006 you would have found it cute? I don't think so. I don't think so. A lot yeah. of Robin's fashions I'm not impressed with. Okay. Uh, well, I had a couple. I like... Ted, I apparently, maybe I just had this in my mind because I liked, weirdly liked Chandler's blue plaid shirt. Mm -hmm. Ted has a blue plaid scarf that he wears when huh. he's trying to convince uh, uh, Stuart to get back together with Claudia. Okay. I like that. But really, my number one pick, and I'm surprised it wasn't yours, in the very first scene, Lily's wearing this top that has like lovebirds on it. I do like that. On I it. did I, like that. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you clocked it because I want you to try and help me describe this top it's like 
black velvet, right? Mm-hmm. But then it has like appliques. these appliques of these like lovebirds. Yes. So then, and the sleeves come to her elbows, and then there was like a a shirt under it. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was trying to figure out. Is that was that part of the shirt, or is it a shirt under it? I think it's layered. I was like, so what is the thing she's wearing? It's is it a top or is it a dress? Because she's sitting down, so I can't tell. Does the lovebird thing? I think thing, it's a top. It's a top. Okay. Yeah, and With I think she layered. Yeah. Sleeve. So I feel like it was like a. Um, yeah, it was just like a layered look. But yeah, I really did like that as well. But I was so distracted by Marshall, <laughs> as I tend to be. Um, yeah, I would, say, I would say Robin's dress, weird in ways that don't work. Yeah. Lily's lovebird top, weird in ways that do work. Yeah, like if it didn't fit her so well, I would say like, oh, this is supposed to be like a thrift store find. But like, it's so, I mean, maybe she, she got it... Um, Adjusted, altered, altered. Yeah. altered. Oh altered. my gosh! Yeah, um, but yeah, it fit too well to be just like a thrift yeah. store. Um, okay, moving on to running jokes and motifs. I've got a number. What are they you picked up? Uh, noticed? Yeah. Uh, okay. Ted's a date rapist. Uh, Wait, you mean Marshall's a date? Or Bar- Barney's a date? Barney's rapist. a date rapist. Oh, um, yeah, Marshall always like subverting gender roles, which I like. Um, when he's talking about the wedding. Yeah. Um, that he's he dreamed wants, of his wedding. Yeah, yeah, he's always dreamed of his wedding. He wants the wedding to be like 50-50. None of this like, oh, he's just like here for the ride. Um, you know, I hate those. Was yeah. I, I was an equal participant in our wedding planning? Yeah, we planned it together. Okay, we made a good. point to, yeah. I mean, there were times that maybe I like held a little more and times that you did, you know, like I feel. Yeah, I would say I didn't, I don't care about flowers. <laughs> when it came to flowers, yeah, now they can decide yeah. what the flowers are going to look like. And then, like, if you had an idea, I would, like, yeah, but maybe you this. Would, <laughs> you would patronize me. <laughs> no. <laughs> we did get to, uh, uh, um, obviously, with the sound off, but we projected movies during the reception. Yeah, you got to pick. It was Barton Fink and Chinatown. Cause yeah. Because we were both, because we like I said, Art Deco downtown, we were going with a... Uh, sort of 30s LA yeah. thing. So Barton Fink and Chinatown were like two thirty. And I love both of those movies, so yeah. it worked. Um, yeah, and like we did the playlist together. Yeah. That was fun. Was great. So yeah, I think it was okay. more equal than not. Um, <clears throat> also, I thought it was funny, like a running joke about um, all the dogs in Robin's apartment. Yes, I mentioned, yeah, yeah. I mentioned that Robin's dogs are back. I put that in my notes too. It was fun. Um, did, yeah. Did you notice something else in Robin's apartment? The blue French horn from the first episode oh, is still yes. on her mantle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. That's all that I had for running jokes. Um, and motifs. It's not just running and jokes. And motifs. Because I also want to mention motif-wise um, mo- a couple of different instances of Ted as an unreliable narrator here. Like oh. admitting that he doesn't know what Stuart and Claudia's yes. fight was about yes. was great. But yeah. also like... His memory is bad. He I, could- yes, and I failed to mention in my description of the episode. So at the wedding, Claudia ends up like finding his card and saying, "You checked that you'd be coming alone." Yeah. So she showed him the card. So yes, unreliable narrator. In yeah. his mind, he did a plus one, but he didn't. And that was Barney's way of saying, "Like, see, like you know, you're a single guy. You know, you're on yeah. the prowl." Yeah. And then the last thing that I mentioned, this is a bit of a tease, uh, and you don't even know her name unless you were paying attention during the end credits, but uh, Victoria, the 
Oh. Ashley Williams is the actress, but the woman you mentioned, he sees a, spies a woman across the, makes eye contact with a woman across the reception. Mm-hmm. Um, if you saw in the credits, she is named Victoria. And yeah, this is going to be someone you get to know. Okay. I uh, figured as much, yeah. Uh, and someone that I will say, as a fan of How I'm in Your Mother, someone I really like. I really like Victoria as a character a lot. Okay. So let's uh, let's move on to similarities and differences between the two episodes. I, I, I picked out um, a, a couple of things. Yo, Did you I'm, have anything? I'm sure, yeah. A huge similarity was um, both Ross and Barney. Shut up, Darla. Um, <laughs> like preying on vulnerable women who had just like broken up. Oh yeah. They're in a bad place and they swoop in to be predatory. So yeah. Ross does it with Rachel, obviously, and Barney does it with Claudia. Yeah. And in both cases, they're distraught, they're tearful, they're vulnerable. Yeah. And like the creep factor is just elevated. What's creepier? And I honestly don't know. Is it creepier that Ross doesn't realize he's a bad guy by doing it? Or is it creepier that Marshall knows he's a bad guy? You mean Barney? Barney. God damn it. Yeah. Um, how, how dare I disparage your beloved Marshall? <laughs> yeah. Your big you teddy bear. Don't you dare. <laughs> um, what's worse? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Is it like what's more troubling? How well, clueless Ross is, or how in that scene Barney is? the intentionality was monstrous in Barney's case Barney's because case. there's alcohol involved and there's a certain level of um, like non-consent, you know. Yeah. Whereas there's no alcohol involved. It's Ross just kind of being. I think he's kind of oblivious, and that's yeah, that's. It's problematic in its own way. It's problematic. Um, yeah, I don't know what's worse. Yeah. Uh, all right, I picked out a couple of things. One small one. When Robin says that she's going to find a dress so good that the bride's going to look like a big white sack of crap, mm-hmm. I was reminded of Monica's competitiveness, that Robin and right. Monica mm-hmm. are very different people, but mm. I think have a certain... things. They have something in common that I think... We haven't done a lot of wood the friends characters and the how many other characters Get be along? friends. Oh, okay. So Robin and Monica would either be great friends or be sworn enemies <laughs> because yeah. they're both very competitive. They're both like type A, yeah. very ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I, I, I noticed that, that I think is more interesting, uh, than that. Um, and you mentioned like gender roles being reversed. I, I liked that on friends, the people in Ross's corner trying to like give him advice and help him with Rachel are Joey and Chandler, the other men mm-hmm. on Ted. Lily's the one, like I've been laying the groundwork for team, you know, she's team Ted. Right. And I like that. Like, you know, the is, wingman is Lily. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like uh, on friends. I feel like there's a lot of like, there's three guys and three girls and like, right. uh, and, and like on how many mother it's mostly there's like, four friends plus Barney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if we're making comparisons, Lily and Phoebe are the most alike in the way that, okay. um, they're sweet, charming, they're good friends. Their sense of humor is a little bit like yeah. quirky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'm going to think about, yeah, but I guess I'm bringing to, I, I, I like you're bringing obviously knowledge of all of friends and I'm bringing knowledge of all of how, all of how I met your mother. And I feel like Lily's a little more like 
tough and hard-nosed than Phoebe, but yeah. you probably haven't seen as much of that yet. Yeah. Because you have to remember she's a New York City native. Lily is. Right. Okay. Um, which I'm trying to remember on Friends, Joey is. I think we learned, or we were given that impression during the Thanksgiving episode when mm-hmm. he's, like, was supposed to, like, have Thanksgiving dinner with his family. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't want him because he was on the uh, STI like subway ad or whatever. (laughs) So we got the impression that okay, so Joey's local. Yeah, Lily, we know is she said it as much when she said that New York was a safe place to raise kids. Right. Marshall's family laughed at her. Yeah. And she said we grew to the normal size and then stopped growing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, All right. So that's for the future. More uh, more Lily to come. I'm sure. Let's play favorites. Okay. This hands down friends. Yeah. I have to say friends. I mean, there's a lot that I like about this. I'm any other episode. Um, but, uh, there's a part of me, I think because these are sitcoms that my first level of judging the episodes is which one did I laugh at more mm-hmm. and friends blew out of yeah. the water this time. But also in sweetness too, because that we both got tearful, like thinking about that friendship scene. Right. Whereas the, that's interesting. Yeah, an interesting thing that I've said before about like friends that some of the emotional stuff feels like forced. Uh, no, I'm saying on oh. friends it feels forced. Like I was saying about like the whole storyline last uh, uh, last week. I guess it's been a few weeks since we recorded, right. but last week with uh, Chandler and his mom, I felt like I don't actually buy the relationship between these two. I feel right. like the, the show's doing more telling than showing, mm-hmm. and I tend to think that How I Met Your Mother is a little more keyed into its characters wavelengths hmm. but this episode was was the opposite like hmm, it, yeah. it, it felt like the sweetness was prescribed on how many mother and it and that scene from phoebe was very real and heartfelt yeah. yeah yep so yeah we both agree friends wins friends the one with a dozen lasagnas is a better episode than how i met your mother at the wedding yes okay uh it's funny that they named again uh, this is just spoilers for future, not real spoilers, but a tease for future. How many mother? It's funny that this episode so early in the run is named the wedding because there will be lots of episodes set at weddings that won't be called. But, yeah, the wedding. But I'm saying two. the a wedding as a setting for a how many mother episode is going to be. It's going to be up. a big part of okay. the show to 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 come up. Okay. Um, well, let's move in to. My favorite segment, at least my favorite segment to say the name say, of, yeah. which is how were we doing? Right. In which we look at the events that were happening in the world on the day these episodes aired. So Friends season one, episode 12, the one with the dozen lasagnas aired on Thursday, January 12th, 1995. Um, and there was uh, a major thing that happened, which this was the first day of the OJ Simpson trial, Right. which I feel like we've already had. OJ stuff come up in this segment mm-hmm. so we've already kind of shared our mm-hmm. OJ memories because I remember saying that I like was insisting that OJ was innocent that he was framed mostly to piss my dad Just off to, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um and I remember, remember, I remember um did your family watch the trial not as a family I don't really remember or like were your parents watching it they must have been they must have been keeping track yeah um I remember I was at school and they announced the verdict and our homeroom teacher in middle school, cause it was in the morning, I guess. Um, like 
play the announcement over the radio, I think, like hmm. while it was happening. Weird. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other uh, OJ, OJ memories uh, that we didn't talk about last time? No, because we talked about the car chase already. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think at some point I just stopped watching, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah, top five songs in the U.S., Boys to Men on Bended Knee. Mm-hmm. It's like a... Well, that's like a second-tier Boys to Men song, yeah, right? Yeah, second-tier ballad, It's yeah. not like... I'll Make Love to You or End of the Road. Yeah. Those are like the two big ones, yeah. right? Uh, TLC Creep. Good one. Classic. Re- uh, Real McCoy, Another Night. Yeah. Another Night, Another Night. Yeah. Uh, bon Jovi, Always. That's okay. a, a ballad, Bon Jovi in ballad form, which I tend to like. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this one before. Any Kamozi, Here Comes the Hot Stepper. Uh-huh. You, well, you didn't know it and I sang it for you. I'm not going to do it again. You're not going to do it again? No. no. You sure? I'm sure. Why don't bit, you do it? You little, do it. No, I, I sang Another Night. I did too. I would rather sing that song than Hot Stepper. I'll sing Always. That's Bon Jovi. Here come the <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. Um, and then season one, episode 12 of How I Met Your Mother, The Wedding, aired on January 9th, Monday, January 9th, 2006. Um, and I, I had something... I had something for this. Oh yeah, I I remember this. So I uh, this was the day that Howard Stern debuted on satellite radio after thirty years oh. on you know regular broadcast yeah. radio, uh, and then he went off the air for a while, and this was the day that he debuted on satellite. Uh, satellite, um, which I think be- means. This is, I, I never listened. I've never listened to any Howard Stern satellite. Like I remember, I listened to him sometimes. Sometimes when I was younger, um, I have a memory of listening to him the day that I moved to Los Angeles. I'll tell that story if you want. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't have. I remember when people had Sirius radio. I think my dad had Sirius satellite radio does in the it car. Not exist anymore. Much later. Oh, I think it still does. Okay. But he got it like much later than most people did. But it was like quite the innovative yeah. experience. I've never had it, so I've never gotten into... He loved it. Um, uh, so, yeah, first my memory of the day that I moved to Los Angeles. I'd driven all night from Albuquerque because that's where we had stayed. Uh, the person I was moving out here with, had, had we'd stayed the night in Albuquerque, drove, U-Haul broke down twice, once in Texas, once Thanks. in Arizona, so it ended up taking us like 20 hours from Albuquerque to LA. Um, and we got there super early in the morning and we didn't have an apartment. We were staying with a friend we had all our shit and we had like rented a storage space from U-Haul. Mm-hmm. But I got there so early in the morning that um, uh, it wasn't open yet. But my, the, my girlfriend at the time that I moved out here with, she had... The person who we were staying with was taking the test to be a licensed hairdresser in the right. state of California that day. That's what she had done in Chicago. She was out here. She was taking the test. She was letting us stay with her. And so she, like, my ex-girlfriend had agreed, like, okay, I'll be your hair model. Your hair yes. model for that day, which means we had planned to get in the day before. Like, right. She was supposed to like, get a good night's sleep. And I basically had to drop her off at uh, our friend Tanya's place. Tanya had to go straight to the hair cutting thing, and then I had to go to U-Haul, wait for it to open, and unload the entire U-Haul by myself. Um, even though there were day laborers, 
there for that purpose, but I was so broke when I moved here that I was like, I can't give even one of you 20 bucks. So I had to unload. But what I remember is sitting in the U-Haul waiting for the, the U-Haul placed open so I could return the truck and unload it into the storage unit and listening to Howard Stern make fun of Sean Penn and his, um, hurricane Katrina relief efforts. Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) Which is like, I understand why Sean Penn is an easy person to mock because he takes himself so seriously, but he's also like fucking helping people. Yeah. What are you doing with your millions? Yeah. Howard Stern. I'm sure he does something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, don't make fun of people like people's charity. Like that's. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, Sean Penn is so easy to make fun of for so many reasons. Do you remember when Chris Rock, host, the first time he hosted the Oscars, made, like, a gentle ribbing joke about Jude Law not being, like, a real movie star, like mm-hmm. the movie stars of the past, and the next time when Sean Penn, like, won for Mystic River, he was like, let me just say, Jude Law is a very talented actor, like, God. couldn't take a fucking joke yeah, yeah. at all. Um, so, yeah, I understand the impulse to make fun of Sean Penn, but he's literally saving lives, yeah. so... Uh, get over yourself, Howard yeah. Stern. So that was the last time I ever listened to Howard Stern. What I remember about him coming to Sirius was, do you remember the billboards? No. It said, Howard is coming all over America. Oh, good one. <laughs> Not a good one. <laughs> I disagree that it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, all right, so that's uh, how we were doing on those two days. Now we get to go to Challenge Accepted. Okay. Uh, and, and, and look at how wrong I, I am going to owe $500 every season if it keeps going this way. But here's the thing, like a wedding, like there's obviously going to be a wedding, but like, no, but you were more specific. So yeah. I said, okay. Monica cooks 12 lasagnas until she gets one right. I thought it was going to be about her type a, right. that she had to make a dozen to get it right. But that's not what it's about at all. She has a dozen that she can't use cause they're meat. So I was way wrong. Whereas your guess was ted goes to a wedding stag and meets a new love interest which is literally what happens in the episode yeah so you're you're ahead seven to one wow oh and that would that's an asterisk because we still are waiting for listener input on whether or not cameron Mannheim is because we're recording so far ahead that that episode literally just posted the other day so we're waiting for listeners to say whether or not cameron Mannheim is a big enough star because so it could very very well be eight to one um, yeah, and I feel like the naming concept, it's always going to favor me. Because how in a million years would you say, oh, like Paolo hits on Phoebe? Like you would never be able to... The yeah. name indicator for the wedding, I already know that it's going to be like true to its naming concept. Okay. I'm always going to win, basically. Okay. Well, then I'm always going to be giving five hundred dollars <laughs> to charity every twenty four weeks. Um, I can do that, right? Yeah, I, I can mean, afford it. Yeah, I mean, well, let's be a little more like flexible for you. Maybe <laughs> don't take it easy on me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but I definitely went into this challenge thinking I would have the upper hand because of um, uh, because of the nature of the friends' titles, but they're so misleading. They're so misleading, exactly. Okay, so... Um, see, I went... Here's what happened here. I went to IMDb to look up the next episode, and the image that came up for the episode gave me a, 
a clue. Am I allowed to use the image that came up from the episode? That's fine. Okay. That's fine. So the next Friends episode is called The One with the Boobies. Okay. Now that you know me, you know how you know, difficult it was for me to say it, that because yeah. I hate that word. I feel like it makes me feel like a little kid. Yeah. Like say, say breasts or say tits because that at least tits is vulgar, but at least is something that like not a little baby says. I don't know. Boobs a little baby can say tits. <laughs> It'd be, be cute. It'd be cute if they did. Yeah. Um, but words like boobs and boobies. I also don't like the word poop. For the yeah. same reason, it feel, it makes me feel like a tiny little baby, and I hate yeah. feeling like that. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so season one, episode thirteen is called "The One with the Boobies," and my guess is going to be that one of the dudes, because they're always walking into the apartment, sees oh. Monica or Rachel topless. Okay. Okay, is that a good enough guess? Yep. Um. So I'm saying one of the dudes sees Monica, not Kanika. Learn how to type. Monica or Rachel. This is the listener's favorite part. Yeah. Topless. Should I be vamping right now? Um, maybe. Um, let's talk about <laughs> some stuff. Anything going on outside the, uh, uh, no, <laughs> the window? I, I think it's too early for Greg to order a pizza. Or Postmates McDonald's. Wait, have we... Is this the first time we said his name? It's just it's just his first name. We can say Greg. So it's Greg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We watch our... Our our, we, our, our, our neighbor, like, sees... Or we can see... Uh, when he... <laughs> okay, inside joke. Um, inside joke about our neighbor. Yeah, there's a... The, we live in an apartment building. There's a door that's literally three feet from our door. Yeah. When our... We, we can see out we the door. We see all the comings see, and goings. We see him... Uh, we, we yeah, we keep track of what food he's ordering. Yeah, and he goes through sort of phases of healthy eating and not healthy. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, anyway, but we're mean, like snoops. But it's very like in line with friends. It's almost like the equivalent of ugly naked guy. We're not as mean as they are, but it's kind of yeah. We really similar. like Greg. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, How I Met Your Mother, season one, episode thirteen, is called Drumroll, please. Hmm. Okay. <sighs> Drum roll, please. This is tough. Um, okay. This is really tough. So I want to incorporate Victoria as a new character. So Victoria will be meeting the group. Ooh. And okay, so maybe Ted meets her private, meets her separately. Like it's her digits. They like go out together, and then the rest of the gang um, finally get to meet her. And the drum roll is like introducing her. Okay. Oh, I like that. Okay, so Ted. Is that too specific? Not specific. No, I like I like that. So Ted. They exchange numbers or whatever. So they Ted and Victoria go on a date. They meet up. They hit I'm it off. Say start dating. Start dating. Ted and Victoria start dating, and then Ted introduces her to 
the gang. Yeah. Boom. Okay. <laughs> this is a well, long one. Uh, we had a lot to talk about. This is what happens with podcasts. The more like comfortable we get doing this, the like more we end up talking. I think. Yeah, we get sloppier, but we're having fun. And we're we're sober. We should say. Yeah. 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 You didn't mean sloppy like. We're, we've we're been drinking wasted. this whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which we should. We should like drink coffee and yeah. and and bourbon or something yeah. like while we do this yeah. these episodes to, to honor the the two shows uh but yeah so um definitely email us at the one where i met your mother at gmail.com leave comments on the episode at battleship pretension.com and also you can tweet me at davy pretension um, check out my other writing and podcasting at battleshippretension.com. Uh, Natalie, is, uh, have you changed your mind? Is there anywhere, any way you want people to find you? No, but definitely um, email us, tweet Davey. Yeah. Let us know if you have any thoughts. Yeah. Um, at me. At me. <laughs> yeah. At me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, well then, uh, okay. Well, this was a lot of fun. Until next time, farewell, friends and mothers.